Avenue Speak, this is another awesome rendition of the podcast about nothing, man, and I'm here with a another other other East Texas native, and what, and what I mean what I mean by that is this dude is from the other other part of East Texas that I currently and he currently does not live in, which we currently live in Nacogdoches, Texas. He is from Van, Texas, That's which right. is almost. I want to say almost, but it's not almost. I was going to say almost not in East Texas, but then you got the other half of I-20, and then you got Terrell, and then there's Forney, and then right after Forney, I guess there's not East Texas anymore because then you get into Mesquite kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, Mesquite, Dallas, and all that. Yeah, this is what me and another another mutual friend, his name is Nasty Nate. Yeah, Nasty Nate. But his name is Nathan. Warner. Ryan started that, man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm from Van, Texas, and you know, grew up around there and stuff. I was yeah. born in Brazil. Came back when I was three and a half years old, and right. you know, I was a missionary kid. Right. So it was just one of those things where uh, that's all I knew, you right. know, in my life, because that's that's just my, what what my dad loved doing. Right. You know, so I thought. I thought that I had to be a missionary for a long time, and it was in my heart for a while, but it just turned out that um, I had my own passions, you know, so. Was there like a, a internal struggle, internal thing with that, or is that something that wasn't really a burden for you? Did your dad give you freedom with that? Oh yeah, my, my dad definitely gave me freedom in that. Yeah. Uh, no burden for my parents. Um, but I think looking back, it was a burden, but I didn't realize it was because I, I thought that because, you know, they did that, then I had to as well. Um, and it's like one of those things where you have to realize that it's there and sometimes you just don't. And that and that goes with a lot of things with people. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So fun fact, right? My dad played football for University of Texas. Oh, wow. Woo, right? Dang, bro. Then he went pro for two years. <laughs> I I used to think all my dad ever wanted me to do was play football. Mm. And for a while, I, I think see. for a while, I think that he did. Okay. Was, but I'm not sure. But if it wasn't football, I'm, I'm pretty sure all he ever wanted me to do was sports. Because yeah. I played basketball. And when I chose Boy Scouts and music over basketball, there was this, like, I don't know if it was more of a my internal struggle mm-hmm. or our relationship struggle oh. or a him influence struggle thing. That was a little that was a little wild. Yeah, I bet. That was a little wild. I bet, I bet you felt that pressure, huh? Yeah. Then I had a mom that said, no, 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 don't worry about it. Do what you want to do. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. So there was a, like a there was like a presence of of rationality within that mm-hmm. it still sucked it still sucked yeah it was still crazy I get that yeah. did you play football in high school no, because of that or not no? at all you, so you never did you never played football a day in my life interesting didn't, didn't never even like football <laughs> I ever I still don't like football <laughs> So, so you probably do don't even watch on TV, do you? Uh, man, I don't even watch TV. <laughs> That's good. You know I'll be busy playing drums in the yeah. streets with kids. Yeah, 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 I got you. I don't you. watch TV, man. I see you out there. The only thing I'll be doing is i watch UFC MMA. Okay. I keep up with it. I don't even watch that, really, because I ain't got time, but I keep up with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
I get that. I actually played football for a little bit in, in junior high. I probably tried out for 10 days, <laughs> you know, something like that, and I was, I was done. Yeah. But. yeah. My thing was, is I had flat feet, and, oh, it just, yeah. and it just made it really difficult, man. But I don't know how I managed. So I played, I played basketball, baseball, and ran track, and was good at all three of them, mm. like real good. Like I, when I played baseball, I was I was on varsity as a freshman. Just wow. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, then I, then I moved to a bigger school where I had the op- option to choose. Okay. I just didn't play sports. <laughs> you chose not to. <laughs> yeah, I, was in, I was in band, and I just yeah. stayed, stayed there. Yeah. And just didn't worry about it. And then also I was involved in Boy Scouts, so I just stayed there too. Okay. Boy yeah. Scouts, huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I made Eagle, man. I'm, yeah. That's, that's really impressive. How long did it take to get Eagle? Man, I was the most cardiac of cardiac eagles ever. And I don't know if you know what that means. I don't. But um, so the last rank of Boy Scouts before you get to Eagle Scout is called Life. Okay. Right. So you can only after 18, you can no longer acquire the rank of Eagle Scout. You can be within the organization of Boy Scouts, meaning uh, like you can even become a helper. You you can become a Boy Scout instructor. You can become a higher facilitator at the East Texas Area Council in Tyler, Texas, and kind of help facilitate what that looks like, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But you cannot become an Eagle Scout. Interesting. After the age of 18, so if you become an Eagle Scout. Like, if your 17th birthday hits and you still got a bunch of merit badges, you are now a cardiac Eagle Scout because you are about to die. You're about to lose your life. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> That's how the most dramatic of Boy Scout instructors that, explained it to that me. Is, right? That's very dramatic. But yeah, but hey, listen, check it out. So your wings are clipped, sir. Yeah, but listen, this is what it looks like, right? right like, it's right. crazy, right? So you have a bunch of merit badges you got to get, and some of them have to be have to be Eagle Scout required, uh-huh. some of them do not, right? Oh, okay. But then you have to do your Eagle Scout service pro- service project. I did that, and then you have your Eagle Scout Board of Review. Oh, wow. I was so cardiac that my Eagle Scout Board of <laughs> Review happened after my 18th birthday. <laughs> oh, my All God. your requirements have to be done before you turn 18. Right. And I literally had my Eagle Scout Board of Review after my 18th birthday. Oh, wow. And I turned Eagle like a month after my 18th birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was like almost. So, so, so that means that they still let you I was, in. I was resuscitated. Yeah, you resuscitated. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but hey, it happened. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah, I can put it on my resume and get some yeah. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Like playing drums. Listen, it's been beautiful. Yeah. It's been beautiful. It's been held in high regard. It's been fun. It's mm-hmm. been a fun journey. But yeah, man, diving into a little bit about you and your past, man. And yeah. Talk about Brazil and what that looks like for you. Is that a, a heritage that is special? What does it look like? Actually, yeah, that, that's a very good question. Um, it is a it is a heritage that's uh, uniquely special to me. Okay. Um, my mom and dad, they they lived down there for thirteen Wait, so years. So now, before we get into into, into this conversation oh, yeah. of Brazil, right? Uh-huh. I, I got a pretext because the people on the side of the microphone got to understand that you are white. Oh yes. Very white. <laughs> you are not Brazilian, not Hispanic. Yeah. Nothing. That's right. And known fact, 
they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. They speak Portuguese. That, that's also people, correct. <laughs> people get that mixed up. I they had do. to clarify. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. Talk about no. Brazil and the culture. Thank you for that. What that look like. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So my, my parents were there were missionaries down there, and, and that means that they were also born here in the U.S. Um, and so because they lived down there for so long, and then they came back to the States afterwards, it was a, a really hard adjustment for them. And they, they hung on to um, a lot of values and culture in, in Brazil that they learned uh, by, by growing us up as kids. And so I, I actually consider myself Brazilian because of the values that they held on to. Uh, they may have not been Brazilian by heritage or born a Brazilian necessarily, uh, but just um, their, the culture that they raised us in was Brazilian, right. you know, like probably 75%, you know, and, and the other 25% they were learning by being Americans during that time. Right. So it was weird trying to make friends in, in school as well, because like, for example, uh, as a Brazilian, you can touch anyone and like, and like, it's all good. Like men, like even like, it's really weird, but like men are like, very like emotional and like they're they're, they're not afraid to express themselves they don't do that in Texas. yeah yeah they don't do that in america but exactly. they really don't do that in texas yeah so <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly i was the odd kid man you know and it was i was hard like i felt i felt alone you know for a lot of those a lot of those years and i had to adjust myself into the system to be accepted um so uh, another thing uh that that brazilians did that my parents probably still do <laughs> was they would just walk in the doors you know like walk into people's houses if they're if they're friends and like hey shot, what's you up shot in texas yeah <laughs> you get shot in texas yeah there's the only particular friend that they did that with yeah okay yeah okay. so they they, they Ooh, picked and choose dangerous thing to do yeah no they, they picked and choose yeah um man yeah so it was this is different and wow. then like in brazil you know whenever you walk into a house they just like start making food for you. They're very hospitable. Or they're like welcome, and then like they'll let you stay as long as you want. Wow. You know, it's just a very yeah. inviting and, and people culture, and you know, there's not any hardcore cell phone use or any technology. It's just like let's just dive into relationships, kind of yeah. thing. As I record this on a cell phone. Yeah, as we. Were, <laughs> hey, but it's needed, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. So look at looking at the dialogue and information that you just gave me right about just traditions and I, and I guess customs really is mm -hmm. kind of what we're talking about just That's by good. just by nature I get the feeling that there had to be a lot a lot of this presence of patience in Brazil or like time is you, you, like you hear you hear older people now and even even in America talking about slowing time down or cherishing time or, oh yeah you know what I mean That's good right but I get the feeling that Brazil is kind of like that period. Would you? Yeah, I would say that in general, they're they're more patient with one another. They're more patient in time. They don't look at time as we do. Right. Um, they look at time as as um, how can I spend it with people, or how right. can I? You know, they don't they don't think of it as. It's going by and I'm wasting time. Like right. they don't. They I gotta don't, get this done. I gotta plan my day outside. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, at two o'clock I got this. At ten fifteen I can fit mm -hmm. this in. At you know. Right. Yeah. And like people that have jobs there, sure, they might think like that for a little bit, you know, during 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 some of their jobs. But 
afterwards it's just like all right let's enjoy the family let's yeah. let's let's try to meet all the people we can let's let's make a culture of, of love and, and just yeah. invest in people and um so very different wow that's wild yeah it is wild yeah. so just growing up in that as yeah. a in, in in america was definitely hard um but i learned a lot from it too so and remember I actually, that time, I, you remember that time you tried to hug lester Oh man, yeah, that's that was. was keep, that's what I kept thinking about. Whenever, that, that was a little bit awkward. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I kept thinking about whenever you were like, you know, in Brazil we could just touch everybody, and I'm like, dang. Yeah, that really was a little bit internal for you when you when that <laughs> happened. Very internal. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually internalize everything. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah, there's probably like a whole other process of internalizing situations now for you because it's like, man, that's totally different than what I was raised with. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. There's there's times where I still struggle with that. Yeah. yeah. Like what? hugging people, and then like they're like, ah, I don't want you to hug uh, me, actually. You know, and it's like, oh, and, you know, it hurts for a little bit, and yeah. then and then you're good. But yeah. yeah. Wow. I actually have dual citizenship though. Um, yeah. Yeah. I went back to Brazil um, on a mission trip. Right. You know, for uh, for last summer, and I actually had to get my citizenship so that we didn't have to get any like visas and you know make it more complicated so I can go back anytime I want um, so it's kind of cool to have dual citizenship it's like oh yeah you know citizen here citizen there so you know do you have did you have to have a passport as well yeah, just, yeah. so you have a passport and your dual citizenship but you can still go back and forth yeah. with easy mm, I, yeah I have a Brazilian passport now too so oh wow yeah so you have a Brazilian do you have an American passport just... yeah so I have a Brazilian passport to get into Brazil and then to get out of Brazil I use my American passport shut up yeah, bro. Yeah. That's so that wild. way I'm like, I, I'm accepted really quick. There's no process. It's just, you're a citizen, come on in. So when you travel to Brazil, you have to take both passports? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do. That's crazy, yeah. too. But it's easy. It's yeah, really quick. Yeah. yeah, you just have to keep up with them. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, put, can be, that can be a little difficult when you're on mission trips, <laughs> keeping on with paperwork. Right. Yeah. Because I know when I went to, because when I went to Haiti, this is like the first mission trip I ever did. I literally had to had to get my passport to go to Haiti, mm. and I got my passport like two months before. I had to get it expedited. <laughs> it was insane. I bet it they was. called me, like, because it was the Weems, right? Like, okay, yeah. Becky and Zach Weems, and they called me literally like two months prior to the date of going on mission trip, mm. and they were like, Casey. Listen, or they gave me a Facebook in case we've been praying about you in Star Avenue in Haiti and yada yada yada. We got some dates coming up. We want we want you in this date. Wow. And I'm looking at the date and I'm like That's two months from now. <laughs> oh, I gotta get a passport. <laughs> Crap. Yeah. And then they're like, you can go meet with Zach. Can you talk to Zach? I'm like, let's go meet with Zach right now. I want to yeah. go meet with that dude today. <laughs> and they're like, Sunday. I'm like, cool. Sunday. It's Friday. That'll work. I yeah. hope that's not too late. Yeah. <laughs> All these things I, are going through it. my head, right? Sometimes the passport can, can take a while to ship, bro. Especially if you don't get on it. Mm-hmm. Man. man. <laughs> I got it. I got it like a week before I went. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was wild. I think that was intense. I mean, I wasn't worried about it because yeah. I had faith it was going to work out. Right, for because, sure. I mean, you know what all I've done. And so you know that, I mean, God gave me the opportunity to go to Haiti to go do God's work in Haiti. 
Yeah. He ain't gonna just tell me, okay, you can't go to Haiti. Right. So, it wasn't no way it wasn't gonna work out. All I had to do yeah. was just do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And he was gonna continue to open up the doors. I wasn't worried about it. See, I love that, bro. Uh, the fact that you can hear from the Lord and then, like, you just know that everything is gonna be all right. I know that, um, like, your life uh, in that is, is really inspiring. Just knowing that everything is gonna be okay because, like, you just take things to the Lord. You know, you hear from Him and then you're good. Yeah. And then, like, uh, the, the other thing I like about you is that you're just a doer. Like, you just, you, like, like you really get things done. Um, and Thank so you. it's really appreciative, and um, <clears throat> I'm honored to see that. Uh, the reason why I know this is because, like, I was, I was asking you about your business and Star Avenue and, mm. and how you're involved. And then, like, we had a conversation about everything you had to do to make it a business and everything you had to do to make it what it is today and all the paperwork and everyone that, that, that you had to talk to. And, um, you know, and you talk to social workers today about it. You know, like, you're always doing something, you know, and it's, it's just really productive and, and inspiring to see. So I appreciate everything you do for the community. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah. That, that means a lot. That means a lot. Sometimes I think I just swim and I don't look up. So I don't really know. That makes sense. Right? And that's why, because yeah. you're just a doer. You just, yeah, just, it's like, I think you just like use your gut to just make decisions. You know, it's just like, a, it's like, I got to do this and I got to do this and you just do it. Sometimes. Sometimes? Sometimes. Okay. Um, no, all the time. All the time? All the time. <laughs> yeah. All no, right. No, no. Here's what happens is, is I accept everything and deny everything if it doesn't make sense really quickly. Wait, what? I accept everything. Okay. But then I deny really quickly too. Like oh, I, after I, see. I after I accept and it doesn't make sense, I'm quick to say I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, but I don't really know if it's gonna work out or if it's not gonna work out if I never dive into it and I never give it a chance. Right. Like there's some things that I've done that I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't want to do that no more. Yeah. So I, I haven't done that again. You know. Mm. Um. There's some things that I've tried to do that people are like. I don't know about you. The cool part about it is those same people sometimes are just kind of like, why did I say no? And then later on they'll call me and be like, hey, that's when I, you know, we have that conversation about the value thing. It's always awesome when that happens because that lets me know that my value and my stock is so much greater than what it was whenever I asked them the first time. Exactly. That's awesome. Because they didn't know about me the first time. Now they know about me the second time. Not even through a conversation that we had had. They just oh, remember wow. the conversation, but they've heard about me in passing, dealing with other people. That must be super encouraging. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I've had that happen in Tyler, to where one of my one of my I, I perform with a jam band in Tyler called Lodi's Jam Band. Okay. Which we're actually coming to Nacogdoches soon, by the way. I'm so excited about wow. that. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that dude is Ladarius Daniels from Longview, Texas. If you were, in fact, if you were in Longview, Texas tonight, go to Alibi downtown on Tyler Street. They're performing without yours truly. (laughs) Without yours. But they will be there. You guys kick it. They're awesome. Wow. But our bassist, by the name of Giant Boykin, his name, his first name is literally Giant. (laughs) Our bassist, by the name of Giant Boykin, right? Boykin. Um, he bought one of my T-shirts, one of my yellow T-shirts, right? Uh-huh. Like, like a couple months ago or whatever. And he was like, "Dude, listen, man, I went to Guitar Center. It was in Tyler, right? I went okay. to Guitar Center 
and, and I was talking to dude over at the Guitar Center, and he was like, man, listen, I know some people in that got that same shirt, and he told me all about Star Avenue CEO. I ain't even had a conversation with you about Star Avenue wow. CEO. He told me this, that, yada. I was like, yep, that's what we do. Wow. That's awesome. The fact that you're being heard, that must be super encouraging. So how long have you been, like, doing Star Avenue now since, like, the first time that you picked up a drum in representing Star Avenue? It was like, so originally we were Star Avenue Music Nights, uh-huh. right? Uh, so we were doing the bonfires at my house at nighttime, and we just kind of grew from that to where we are today. But that first, that first service event was, it was like March of 2016 or something. Wow. Yeah. It's already been over three years. It's like three and a half years, yeah. That is yeah. absolutely yeah. crazy to think about. Because yeah. I remember, like, I, how long have I known you? Maybe, probably not that long. Probably that long. We just haven't yeah. really been, like, close or just had right. conversations like mm-hmm. we have now, but probably about that long. Okay. Because yeah. I started That's going insane. to church um, right when I moved to NAC, which is literally about four years ago. So uh, I started striving oh, about, okay. like, six months after I moved here. Okay. Or, like, four months or something like that after I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, what was funny is, like, as soon as I moved here, I had, I had like, the, the vision to do something similar to Star Avenue CEO. I just didn't know what it was going to call, didn't know what it was going to be about. I knew it had a lot to do with hand drums because I used to, we used to walk around with like three or four hand drums all the time <laughs> in my truck and like two on my back. Wow. And I would like perform gigs and pick up and things like that. Like the first month that I was here, I performed gigs. I performed like four gigs with people. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So like, I guess from that day, I just, I'd been hustling ever since. Uh-huh. Just trying to figure out where I fit in. And then after I figure out where I fit in, I just wanted to carve my own lane and then just do what I wanted to do. Wow. That's awesome, man. What about, like, I feel like asking you this question. Um, There's a lot of people that get discouraged whenever they they pick up something new. Right. You know, how did you deal with that? That that discouragement or the fear that this is not going to work out? Never had that fear. You never had that fear? Never had that fear. Why is that? Because I always... I always ask myself this question. I always ask myself the question of what the hell else am I gonna do with my life? <laughs> that's good. That, like that's I'm, a really good question. Like I came out the womb playing drums, dude. Yeah. Like literally at the age of two, I dragged my mom's pots and pans out and started beating on them, and then she just gave me a designated set to beat on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's that's God's gift. Like I came, I come from a humble struggle of being in the music industry in Dallas and then just not working out the way I wanted to because it ended up being a tainted situation to where I just not folding under the pressure and then ended up just not realizing that that wasn't where I was going to be and I'll tell that story at some point in time and you'll get Mm -hmm. to hear it but um Mm -hmm. and then a lot of the motivation of a lot of the inspiration I don't really like using the word motivation because I just it just seems to be an emotion to me that I just, I don't really like to, a lot of times when you dive into things, if you're filled with a lot of emotions, you do get discouraged and you do harbor those things of fear. Right. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's just, just kind of like, I just entered into a relationship with Michelle, who's mm. now my fiance, right? Right. And so I wanted to create something that is longevity based that would allow me to provide for her and our dogs if we had kids or our kids that would allow me to 
be flexible and not work an office job right. for the rest of my life. That's good. So for me, it was just kind of like, well, if I don't do it this way, I don't know how else I would do it. <laughs> so I just always kept that truth. Mm. And so that truth was ingrained in me. And so it was just never stopping after that, after inheriting that truth. It's just, I didn't really care. Like I had people that didn't understand what I was doing. I had people that didn't believe in what I was doing. I had people that just didn't want to hear about what I was doing. It's not my responsibility to care. Mm -hmm. So knowing that it wasn't my responsibility to care and just keep going is just, that's what it was for me. So you just had this idea in your head that, you know, like this was, this is what you got and I'm going, you're just going to go and I'm going. Wow. I just, I wanted something to explore in positive perspective, exploit art and creativity and music and give back because for me I, it's like because I'm being an African-American dude in Texas I wanted to provide something a little bit deeper to give back to my African-American community too as well yeah it's beautiful what wow. nothing in the world gonna stop me from doing that hmm so you, so you really had some deep reasons yeah. of why, of why you like, started it. Yeah, like, wasn't nothing in the world going to stop me from doing Star Avenue CEO. Once I started it, once yeah. I had a name, once I had a logo, I was gone. <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah, amen. That's good. Did not care. And then I had Michelle taking pictures and doing... I, it's not my responsibility to care, dude. Like, if I harbor that responsibility to care... It's gonna. I'm gonna have some extra emotions that are gonna take away the space and time for me to do it to my full ability. Right. That's good. Whatever. I like that. God gave it to me. That's right. I'm gonna go. God sent a dude to in our last bonfire session to my house and said, "Hey, bro, you should take this in the streets and act." I was waiting on someone to tell me that. I looked up at God. I said, "I hear you. Let's go." Wow. And I just went. So from that on, I just, from that point on, I renamed Star Avenue Music Nights to Star Avenue Music because I do still did stuff at night. I didn't change the <laughs> DBA name because I'm like, I'm going to change the name again eventually. Right. And then, um, man, after that, I just switched to the Star Avenue CO because I, we stopped doing stuff just at night. Mm-hmm. And then it just went from that. Wow. And yeah. then, I, you know, I got asked by the city to do an event and then started doing stuff in Livingston because I randomly hunt for hunted for a coffee shop in Livingston walked up to the coffee shop I said hey man let me do a drum circle dude was like I got a festival called Fest for the Quest let's do it <laughs> that's awesome my boy Josh Emanuel from Fest for the Quest from Joppa Quest in Livingston he let me do things in Livingston so now we blessed to buy Livingston and we got Lufkin and we back in Longview, my hometown, we do stuff in Tyler, Michelle's hometown, and just did stuff in Haiti, and do stuff in Center with another colleague of mine named Lisa Carpenter, we did stuff in Shreveport this summer in our coffee session tour, mm -hmm. Yeah. get employed by non-profits doing things, didn't tell wow. you this, just got our 501c3 non-profit license, no way, no way, that's awesome, wow, that's something else, man. I bet that took a while. It took too long. Yeah, too, <laughs> it too, took long. too long. <laughs> it took too long. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. That's really respectable right there. Man, it's... 
the journey is what the journey is. It's a journey. It's not. It's called a journey for a reason. Right. Um. It's it's gonna test you. you just you gotta stay down. Yeah. yeah. It's super encouraging to hear. Um, I mean, that's why they're called testimonies. Exactly. They test you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is, yeah. That is. Amen. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's really cool. So those stories, after you get done living your testimony, they give other people inspiration yeah. to keep to do their thing. Exactly. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. They're not there for you to be selfish with it. They're there for you to give what your testimony is so you can give back, so you can inspire others. you to do the same thing man, with whatever you want to do i know you you do a lot of you're going to school for math was i was not math you yeah were. no i was yeah um i was doing uh mathematics with an emphasis in uh, statistics yeah and uh, it was good but um i think i started it too soon mm-hmm. after my bachelor's okay i started this the semester afterwards and I just I just got burnt out really fast Um, I just honestly didn't see it coming Um, but now uh, I'm actually pursuing uh, being a high school math teacher so which I'm I'm really excited for Uh, just had an interview yesterday and we're gonna see how it goes I know for a while you were talking about doing getting an oil field job or something like that. It's like getting the what? An oil field job or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was always on the plate. Uh, it wasn't my go-to though. Okay. Um, it's just something I know I can fall back on. Right. Um, and something that would be very uh, puntable for us as right. far as income. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about like fracking and stuff in the oil field, or are you talking about like being being a field hand, or, or are you talking about like doing statistics and stuff? And, yeah, so if I got my master's, I would definitely do, uh, be the people on the, on the computers um, and, you know, getting uh, good money if I, if I wanted to go that route. But um, I could, I have a, uh, a bachelor's in geology, so I could start, you know, pretty well in the oil field. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what, like, like mud logging would be something I could, I could start. Um, right. But if I know the right people, I can start higher than that. So, yeah very cool that's what's up yeah I just have things I want to fall back onto uh, anytime uh, that something doesn't work um, but um, I also want to find that 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 hardcore passion of yeah. mine that where I'm like you know what this this is what I'm made for you yeah. know and having that having that mindset just like what you have so uh, I'm getting there though I'm starting to find what I want to do let me tell you, man, it probably didn't click for me until I was about 28. It's really... 28. Yeah. Yeah, it took a little bit of time. Uh, I wasted some time doing things. And yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more than fun. It's more than fun. It's <laughs> more than fun. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. You have time. Just be sure you're tasting as much as you can and exploring as much as you can so when... You're not wasting time exploring. You're actually doing that and just trying to figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then when you find it, just mash the go button and go, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. This has been Avenue Speak. This is the podcast about nothing. This has been my close homie, Nathan Warner, Nasty Nate. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but the nasty. We out, man. See you guys soon.